get the show on the fucking road. Let's do this. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, good afternoon, I guess. It is August 27th, Tuesday, August 27th. We are sitting inside today at the Fieldhouse Restaurant at the RA Center in Ottawa. Uh, Some showers on the horizon, possibly. Looks like it. Hopefully not for your softball game. Uh, But welcome to all the listeners. Remember, we are on basically every single podcast platform you can imagine. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We are now on Facebook. We have a Facebook group on Sports Pep, Rock and Peps, and Sports Like Convo. And we are also on Instagram at Unsportsmanlike Convo. So hit us up, join those groups. We'll be doing some giveaways. We'll also be doing, obviously, some engagement. And uh, as we start getting more guests lined up ahead of time, you guys can start putting some questions and stuff in there. Anyway, Pep. B-boy. We are going to cap off some AFC stuff today because we realize that uh, it's almost the end of preseason. So we need to get these in soon. Crazy. Crazy. I can't believe it's September next week. It's Labor Day. You know what? You don't have kids. I am dying for <laughs> September. I always thought that it was funny that parents would make jokes about that, but this week here, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm no, literally, no. it's next week. Please, they got to go back to school. They're bored. They're at each other. It's time to go. Oh, yeah. There'll be uh, LCBO uh, will be packed with uh, happy moms <laughs> and dads. Anyway, we're, uh, we do have a lot to cover. We have the AFC South and the AFC North back-to-back today. The South, uh, wow. What can I say about the South, B? Um, it's going to be an interesting conversation, especially with the recent news of Andrew Luck. But, Brock, you wanted to talk about a question that we posed today on uh, Pep Talk Sports. I, with, a, with a slew of injuries and, you know, uh, Leron McLean coming out today, he's a former fullback in the NFL, claiming that, the NFL is just not helping him right now. His, his head, I, I believe it's a direct quote, is going crazy. Yep. Um, he went on a little bit of a Twitter rant in terms of like, I need help. Somebody help me. He dropped a few F-bombs. Uh, he's, I, I don't know if you could cry for help in any way. This would be it, I think. This would be a cry for help. I hope the NFL is listening. I hope that they reach out to this man because, you know, God forbid... The worst case scenario with Leron McLean ends up being what we what we you know hope Fear, doesn't happen, yeah. Fear, right? So, uh, and then of course you know with Andrew Luck, his recent announcement uh, that he's retiring from the NFL due to <clears throat> being in constant pain. Yep. You know, uh, and then of course, and then even like even Rob Gronkowski, who said, "Look, I can't deal, I can't deal with this anymore." You know, the pictures of Rob Rob Gronkowski partying and having a good time and all that good stuff, and you know, what is he? What is he so sour about? Why would he retire in the prime of his career? Well, you ever see Rob Gronkowski on the field? He's got a huge elbow pad. He looks like he could hardly walk. Um, so the game obviously has its effects on on some players, and some players absorb the hits better. Like, they're just, I don't know what it is. But the question I posed today was, the size of the equipment that the NFL players wear today is visibly much smaller than uh, if you watch a game in the 90s or even the 80s. The guys wearing their pads are huge. Shoulder pads are huge. 
Um, they've got elbow pads, knee pads, thigh pads. Uh, uh, I think guys in the NFL in, in back in the day used to wear tail pads, tail, tailbone yeah. pads. Tailbone pads, yeah. forearm pads. Everything. So they don't wear much of that anymore for competitive advantage. But I want, I want your take, Brock, as a former uh, professional player, years of college experience, is the the size of the equipment? Does it matter? Is, is, are we what are are we seeing less safety in uh, in favor of competitive advantage? Well, I think uh, so. I saw the question and I started to respond about eight times and just trying to figure out my actual take on it. And um, you actually brought up uh, Michael Bennett, the defensive lineman for Seattle, wearing very little pads uh, up on the shoulders, <clears throat> and. It, when I think of from a lineman standpoint, in terms of like, I remember having those huge shoulder pads back in the day. And to be honest, um, they're very, the bigger the pads, the more limiting it is. So, uh, plus as a lineman, good technique doesn't involve your shoulders. It involves your hands. It involves using your hands and your punch and really um, taking your, I mean, your head and your shoulders should be out of it for a lot of it. Now, there's going to be times where you, you know, in Bennett's case, you got to make a tackle. You got to, um, you know, you're taking on a double team or an offensive lineman. You're, you're run blocking. And uh, sometimes, you know, generally your momentum and the strength of your overall body is going to outmatch the strength of your chest and arms. So you're not going to be able to punch and hold out your whole body. So you're going to get contact. That's, that's the, the name of the game. But you don't need to have these big shoulder pads because, one, they're limiting. Two, they're, they're, they're promoting bad technique for a lot of kids. And I think now, like, if you look at technology, you know, uh, something that was bulletproof back 20 years might be 10 times as thick as something that's bulletproof nowadays with the technology. So I think some of it has to do with that. Um, I think that the athleticism, so from a, a guy who's very athletic, Again, when I say from a guy, not me, but from a receiver standpoint, if they have a lot of pads on them, their athleticism takes a step back. And then they feel like they get caught in situations because their athleticism isn't there to take them out of it. So sometimes I think, you know, it's, it's that plus or minus. There's a little bit more padding in case you get hit. But if you don't have the padding, then you're athletic and mobile enough to get out of that situation so you don't get hit in the first place. So I think there's, I don't know, there's... You know, it's it's a personal preference for a lot of guys, I think. But, you know, the league has obviously loosened up a little bit on what the mandatories are because you're right, there are no butt pads, there are no uh, thigh pads half the time. And I yeah. think back in the day, you, you needed to wear those. Oh, yeah. I, and I, I think back to a guy like O.J. Anderson, uh, he former running back for the New York Giants when they beat Buffalo in that first uh, Super Bowl. I remember him. I remember pictures of him. And his, his uh, claim to fame was... He had this, like, it was like a reverse swim move where he came from underneath and he, he would just club you in the bottom of your face mask with his forearm, but his forearm had a huge pad. Right. And uh, he had every pad imaginable. He had a neck pad. He had, like, he, I remember his thigh pads. They looked like they were about to fall out of his pants, but they were just so darn big. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know what how O.J. Anderson feels today. You know, he took a severe beating, but he was, he was well padded, the optics of it anyway, so... I, like it's it's hard to say, you know. I, I'd I'd have to do the stats on, and I'm coming. I'm just basing this on the eye test, pal. Like oh, yeah. I'd have to do the stats on broken collarbones, or like you know uh, when guys get leveled and they take a hard fall onto the ground, 
you know, does a big pad protect their shoulder or protect their collarbone more than, say, if you're landing on the side of your shoulder, you can get an AC separation quite easily if you hit the right point on your shoulder. So I understand that the, 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 you're compromising athletic ability and you're compromising quickness by wearing more equipment or whatever, but, you know, these guys, they're also compromising their health, at, you know, after their careers. Yeah, and, I mean, ultimately, too, like, with kids and I mean with anybody you put more protection on you you feel more and more invincible and then sometimes that'll get you in trouble so somebody yeah. uh, brought up the uh, it might have been you too the concussion ratio between you know or a difference between rugby and football that was Mike Gatta yeah uh, a sport that doesn't have equipment and uh, I don't know the, the science or the, the, the stats behind it I believe rugby has less concussions than football but I don't know, and I, I just remember thinking that because I remember somebody bringing up these guys don't wear pads, and the whole point is that their technique is better. Yeah. They're, you know, and the same thing we do with you know CFI in terms of how we train kids. Linemen to have a camp where there's no pads was unheard of for years, but the advantages of that is that the the linemen as kids are not learning to just be big with pads and lean on people and have all this bad technique. They have to use technique, use their hands, keep their heads out of the block because they're not wearing pads, and it's more likely they'll do that without pads. Yeah, you know, I, I think you're. I think there's an argument to be made for both sides, but like uh, at the end of the day, ultimately, like you said, and I'm gonna take your word for it, B, because I qu- quite frankly uh, don't recall ever having pads that weren't small when I played football in high school. And, but if you suggest that the, the the padding today is equally as safe just because it's a little bit smaller doesn't mean it's any less safe. In fact, it's probably better with the technology. Then I'm going to take your word for it. I just think everybody looks a lot smaller and a lot more uh, vulnerable, I guess is the best word, on the field. And I see guys like, man, I see James Conner, how hard he runs. And, you know, he takes some big hits. And even yes, in uh, the preseason game against the Titans the other day, he took a fall, and I'm like, oh, man, there's this call. He's called it, but he got up sideways, and he kind of limped off the field, and I'm like, that was a basic tackle. Like, he just basically got tackled pretty hard, but it was a basic tackle, and he landed on his shoulder, and it looked like he clinched, you know, he grabbed his, his rib or his shoulder, and I'm like, man, I, I don't, like, what? You know, but it's, again, it's... If you look at those injuries, the majority of the injuries, none of them look like they should have happened, kind of. Like, there's so much flukiness involved in injuries that... It's really hard to – just guys are in different positions. They're yeah. bent in different ways. Yeah. They land different ways. They yeah. twist different ways. Yeah. Um, you know, they're underneath pads are twisting in certain ways. Or the pad shifts and it gets hit somewhere. Like, it's just yeah. – there's a lot of luck involved in that or bad luck involved in that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you take it for, for what it is. But I think overall – I still, I think the game and the protection stuff that is kind of is still in the right direction. I would much rather play in a today's day and age than I would sure in the nineties. I mean, just the, just the turf alone in the nineties. You know, guys had shorter careers because they had to play on that astroturf, especially in Canada. Yeah, no cushion underneath. It was just on cement. turf on cement. You know, yeah. Anyway, anyway. that uh, was kind of brought up, and not necessarily directly, but you you talked about. Um, uh, the Chargers fullback who has that issue and guys leaving early. And I think, to be honest, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of that. Andrew sure. Luck, obviously, is the, the latest one. And, uh, you know, I, we're going to start moving into the culture. That's why we're talking Andrew Luck right now. But uh, there was a, a 
couple of podcasts I'd listened to, and, and guys were visibly, visibly, they were um, expressing their distaste for the fact that he's leaving at uh, a point in time where the prime of his career is just starting or is right around the corner. And basically, uh, you know, one of them, I forget, they quoted um, basically challenging his manhood and like a hope that this, you know, the league doesn't continue to have these pussy players or something to that effect. Mm. Um, That's that your slippery slope there. When you start going there with guys, you know, we don't know what he's living. No, we don't know what he's living. He's got a wife and kids. He's got a family. He said he can't, you know, he has, he barely sees his family because he's in rehab all the time. Is it worth it? Well, Chris Carter went off. Did you see Chris Carter's? Uh, no, I didn't see Chris anyway, Carter. Chris Carter right. had, uh, they were talking about CTE and the amount of CTE that was in uh, Aaron Hernandez's brain, what they found, and how uh, early onset it was. And Chris Carter was talking about the impact football had on him, didn't have a father growing up. And basically, football was his father, taught him respect, that taught him to be on time, and taught him integrity, taught him all that kind of stuff. And uh, where his family is and what his life has turned into be is all because of football. And he said, you know, I don't know what the future holds for me, but I wouldn't change it if I could. Um, you know, but okay. it's... Uh, it's if a guy like that, so say Andrew Luck, he's gone through it. He's made his career. He has more money than he's ever going to need. On that note, too, kudos to the Indianapolis Colts. They are entitled to recoup $28.4 million from Andrew Luck. Bonus, bonus money? Bonus money yep. and a $12 million roster bonus. So part of the 31 and part and 12 for a roster bonus for this year. Yeah. And they chose not to take any of it back. So that alone tells me that that organization not only is classy, but they also see what he's going through behind the scenes. So nobody in that organization is questioning him about the... um, the strength he's shown to get through the the injuries up and down and the character of this guy. Um, You know, I think it would be different if we said they were recruiting all of it and trying to go back because they thought maybe he wasn't doing whatever he needed to do. This clearly states for everybody that they know what happens behind the scenes and they believe that Andrew is doing the best thing for his life. And listen, B, I can't remember what podcast it was. It wasn't one of our NFL podcasts. I think it was another one one of our first or second pockets, and I brought up Andrew Luck, and I, I, I mentioned it to you. I said, B, he's had a, a, a high ankle sprain since February or March, uh, and Colts camp is concerned. And I think, and you, I think nine, nine times out of ten, you, you said it, you were bang on. You said, look, you know, these things happen, and, you know, they're just babying him, and, you know, like, uh, they want to make sure that he's healthy for, for game one and preseason's preseason, but... You know, there was some chatter that he's just not recovering from this. Like, it's just not something that he's recovering well from. And lo and behold, you know, he did what's best for him. And what, like, what better representation for the NFL than Andrew Luck? Classy. Yeah. Has he ever been in trouble? Has he Never. ever said anything stupid? He, when his team loses, he takes responsibility, even though it wasn't his fault half the time. Yeah. You know, I, for me, I wish the man well. I hope that he recovers. Maybe there's a, a future in football for him still. You never know. He just needs to take this time off and worry about his body and himself. And, and uh, you never know what the future holds. Nothing's, nothing's permanent. He's only seven years into his career. So, I mean, a year off, uh, you know, did Carson Palmer a world of good? 
you know. Yeah. So like you never and Carson Palmer came back and had a, pr- a pretty good run with the Cardinals. So and Carson Palmer didn't have O.J. Simpson telling him to play. And why did you uh, yeah. retire a, uh-huh. an hour after I drafted you? We'll get into that sound clip a little bit later. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that might play into... Uh, Wasn't me, O.J. <laughs> Andrew Luck's back next week. <laughs> Do you know Andrew Luck's dad is the commissioner for the uh, XFL, eh? <laughs> I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, and he signed uh, their first... I think their first quarterback they signed in the league is Landry Jones, former you, you know, be funny. Steeler. If he Not goes funny. to the XFL. Yeah. <laughs> if Andrew Luck goes <laughs> Andrew Luck goes to the XFL. He's the starting quarterback of the Orlando Go Fuck Yourselves, whatever they're called. <laughs> He's like that the poster boy for the whole league. That would be weird. The Roughnecks? Can the Colts then, if they've already said no, we're good, can they then now go back and I take? I think they can. You think and so? If they, well, I would hope they do. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. So I think good segue into uh, our AFC South. Yup, yup. Uh, we are talking AFC South. That consists of the Indianapolis Colts, the Tennessee Titans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'm missing a team. Brain fart. Did you said Tennessee Titans? The Titans, Texans, Jaguars, Colts. Colts. Wow. Too many teams in Houston, or former Houston teams in that division. Uh, There's a lot of formers in that one. I got to tell you, this, this division, up until Andrew Luck's retirement, really was a bore. Um, I don't think any of these teams are Super Bowl contenders. You know, I think... Uh, preseason, the Colts were ranked number one, and I, I had stated in one of our previous podcasts I thought the Colts were going to fight for um, a wild, a card, wild spot. card spot. I don't. That is that is not the case. I no? I don't think Jacoby Brissett is. Um, well, we're going to start with the Colts, by the way. We'll start. We're going to start with the Colts. the Colts. Yeah. All right. Jacoby Brissett, I don't think is the answer. Um, we, we saw small sample sizes with him in New England when Tom Brady was hurt for, or he might have been suspended for Deflate Gate. I think he was out for four games. Then we've seen, we saw a little bit of him in uh, Indianapolis last year. He has some great qualities. He, yeah. He's a he's a good runner. He's a has a good arm. Um, savvy for for a, a young guy. He's pretty savvy in the pocket. But I just I, I just don't I don't see it. Um, but maybe it's because I haven't seen enough of Jacoby Brissett. There's talk today that they're going to be on the hunt for a veteran QB. Because they have the, to be. Yeah, the two guys they have behind him right now, uh, Chad Kelly, and I believe there's another fella. Um, I just, I, yeah. I, I Philip uh, Walker, Philip Walker. I mean, none Jacoby, of those. I've seen more than I need to. Um, and he was a Florida Gator for a year, two, yes. and then uh, got bounced out. I think he got beat out by uh, Jeff Driscoll, I think, um, and then he ended up going to like Louisiana Tech or something like that. And having a decent college career for you know that kind of player, sure. Um, <clears throat> but I don't, I don't think he's he's anywhere near what the Colts need. I think overall the Colts have got to be. F- I mean, whatever. This wasn't dropped on them like it was dropped on all of us. Yeah, could sure. not have been. Sure, this conversation had to have happened quite a bit earlier. But I think, you know, even from a defensive standpoint, you're like, you know, you're going in with some pretty decent expectations. Yeah, sure. Andrew Luck is one of the top quarterbacks. Top you five. have a pretty good receiving core. Your O line is getting better. Um, you know, uh, Marlon Mack started to uh, uh, to come around at the end of the season last year. You start feeling pretty good about your season. Yeah. And then, I mean, Andrew Luck, that is as big a loss as you could probably get. Look, I when I look at their their um, key additions over the offseason, they picked up Justin Houston, veteran edge rusher. Like him, Devin Funches, who you know maybe he, maybe he gets a bit a second chance here in uh, here in Indianapolis. Uh, they picked up Spencer Ware. You know, some good depth. They got Sharkandrick West already. Uh, 
So, and you know, I, well, they they also drafted Rocky Asin, maybe the best possible uh, <laughs> name in the NFL. Uh, they picked up a linebacker. They drafted another wide receiver. So, you know, they got it. They got an A minus as a grade in terms of their uh, their off season acquisitions and draft combined by CBS Sports. I don't know if they could possibly get that grade now, considering that they don't have a starting quarterback. Well, they do have a starting quarterback, but not the one that they that they anticipated. Well, the so. moves are still rated the way they're rated. You know, Andrew Luck wasn't part of that move. Yeah. Um, the effectiveness of those pickups and drafts are going to be uh, a lot different than what they were when they were first done. Sure. I think uh, Rocky Sin is going to be awesome. Me too. I'm, you know. Paris Campbell, I was very high on uh, coming out of Ohio State, the wide receiver. But without Andrew Luck, all these receivers take a back seat. I drafted T.Y. Hilton, or I kept him in my fantasy. Um, now his value is, you know, fairly low, which yeah. kind of sucks. Uh, anyway, those guys are good. Uh, the other two uh, draftees that kind of stood out to me were the uh, Ben Bonogu, the linebacker from TCU, yep. and uh, Jerry Green the defensive end for Mississippi State uh, in the sixth round. Actually, I think he's going to do uh, pretty well. He's going to start pushing some people for sure, but he's going to get some playing time. Um, and uh, you'll see that guy kind of emerge. And that's a six-round pick, so I think you're going to be pretty happy with that. Chad Kelly is uh, Jim Kelly's nephew, eh? Oh, it really? Okay. Yep. Good pedigree. Good pedigree. Good pedigree. Kids Never know. Got, I mean, he's from uh, Ole Miss. He's got uh, all the talent in the world. He's got a little bit of... Uh, head issue or had in college sure uh, so he's probably still fighting that a little bit we'll see if he can pick that up obviously the door is wide open for any of those three and i think uh you know if he was to ever emerge and to live up to his potential i think it's going to be uh, something we're going to see soon because he's going to have that fire if not he's just going to go down you talked about their you <coughs> talked about their offensive line i thought their offensive line was mobile mean a strength of the team last year uh, so, you know, if they can play some good, solid time possession football and maybe bring it back to a little old school, you know, uh, Eric Ebron at tight end. Who, who knows? Uh, they're going to have to. Wasn't us. Was that something you pressed? No, no, I just uh, I muted it so I could cough. But that happened back in the kitchen. I was. In, oh, well, that was like, um, I don't know, a tin plate falling guy. Maybe a, a pizza plate. Yeah. I haven't ordered yet. But anyway. Smells good. Uh, um, you're talking about the offensive line. Offensive line, yeah. Quinton Nelson. Two words. Jacoby Brissett can quarterback sneak behind Quinton Nelson and probably rush for yeah. 150 yards a game. Uh, they've got some. They've got some guys. Ryan Ryan Kelly is a top notch center. And you know, the uh, Anthony Costanzo. Costanzo, sorry, Costanzo. Yep, Costanzo. Uh, Very good. Braden Smith. Yeah, so. those guys are okay. Braden Smith and them are okay. Um, the, the strength is on the uh, the left side with Nelson and uh, Costanzo um, and and Ryan. So if, if they're going to be running, I would be more apt to be doing it on the left side. Sure. But, uh, I mean, that's Quentin Nelson. I mean, he's the only guy I think that's ever come out of college uh, predicted to be a Hall of Famer. That's wild. Eh? Not even wild. Uh, all pro, not uh, first team, not a uh, starter. Like, they're hmm. predicting this guy to be a Hall of Famer, and he has not let anybody down so far. Well, I think, you know, their defense as well took a, a huge steps forward. For a long time, their defense was porous. You know, the, the, the good years with, uh, with Manning, their defense was almost the Achilles heel of the team. Um, but they've picked up some guys. They've got some speed now. Last year, they really took some steps forward. 
Jabal Sheard's a real beast on the D-line. Darius Leonard is a stud inside linebacker. Mm. Lots of speed. And their secondary, I mean, I've always liked their secondary. I, I particularly like Pierre Desir because it's just a, a great name. But he had, a, he had a great year last year. I thought you were going with Malik Hooker on that one. Uh, no, no. Okay. De, uh, Desir Hooker, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> is there uh, a button to press for that? Do I have a laughter button? I must I have no. something. No, a button. crying one? Uh, Clayton <laughs> Gethers? Anyway. So their team clearly has taken a hit with the loss of Andrew Luck. Their defense took steps forward last year. They're going to have to play well above their head this year for the Colts to even sniff the playoffs. I just don't see it. So I think we should just get to our predictions and move on. Yeah, let's put these guys out of their misery. All right. So Indianapolis. Let's see here. Brock uh, has photocopy the schedule in this lovely Excel spreadsheet, and uh, it's great. So, they are at the LA Chargers start week one. That's a loss. That's a loss. Uh, now, what, are you you just going to leave it blank? Yeah, I'm going to highlight the wins is what I'm going to do. Okay, okay. I'm going to circle the wins. <laughs> I don't think okay. either of us are going to be okay. using any <laughs> pencils. At Tennessee. Uh, loss. At Atlanta. Loss. Uh... Oh, sorry, uh, hosting Atlanta. Hosting Atlanta, yeah, doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, hosting Oakland? I'm going to give them a W there. I am so down on Oakland. I think Oakland implodes. So I'm going to give them a W there. All right. Uh, probably, I'm going through it right now, and okay. I've got Miami as a win. <laughs> anyway. Okay, oh, uh, so at KC? At loss. Oh, yeah. Uh, the bye week. They uh, lose the bye week. Host Houston. They lose. <laughs> they host Houston. I'm going to say that's a loss. Uh, they yeah. they host Denver. Hmm. Okay, they're hosting Oakland. I'll give them Oakland then too. Yeah, I like that one. They host Denver. Uh, that's a loss no, that's me. a loss. At Pittsburgh, loss. It might be a sneaky win now. They host Miami. There's another W. Yeah. Uh, they host Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville is going to be a, a team that really, really. Um, Benefits from Andrew Luck's retirement. I'm going to give them. That's a loss. Uh, they're at Houston loss. Host Tennessee. I think by this time they're going to be discouraged. I'm going to give them a loss personally. Are you doing this as well? You're just going through it? Okay. I am, but okay. I, there's nothing I disagree with. Okay. I'm just trying to see. Uh, sure. At Tampa Bay? No. No? Okay. No. no. I think I, th- I think Tampa Bay is going to do a lot better than yeah. we think. At New Orleans, no chance. Nope. Host Carolina. I, don't, I think Carolina is going to be good this year. The only thing I can see is this whole Carolina Jacksonville in 16 and 17 is if, uh, like, Carolina's locked something up or... Yeah, I'm still uh, giving them a loss at Jacksonville to end the year. So that I have them with two wins. So two and 14. And I got to tell you, Brock, if with Andrew Luck, that flips to, like, a 10 and 6. I give them a lot of wins. I would have given them a W hosting Denver, a W hosting Houston. I, I just don't see it this year, so... Yeah, 100%. I think... Even the the first game, the Chargers game, I think they might take that. Yeah. Tennessee, I think they would have taken that. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, I think they lose still. KC, For- they lose. But uh, no, I yeah. I'm pretty much in agreement with you here. I don't see anybody. I, there's got to be. I think they're going three. Who's your third win? That's the thing is I'm trying to find out where this sneaks in because it's it's definitely a sneak. Okay. Um. And I, I don't know. I'll take a, a Houston sneaks, maybe a Houston. Are they all? I say on the road. Let's go. I'll take Houston on the road um, in uh, week 12 as their third. 
Mm. That's what I'm taking. Okay. Two just seemed too lo- too low. Like again, they made some moves. Luck yeah. is huge. Yeah. But I think their defense can steal one, and maybe that's uh, Deshaun Watson them having a bad. Uh, it's a it's a it's a interdivisional game. Anyway, I think we I think your your uh, prediction is probably more accurate than mine. Two and four teams seems a little harsh for a defense that's actually really quite good and a, a really solid offensive line, but. It's going to be tough. And I think the, the, the discouraging factor of losing your starting quarterback, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a hangover there. So, all right. Well, I think we've uh, talked enough about the Indianapolis Colts. Why don't we take a quick break and come back? Yeah, buddy. All right. All right. We are back. I'd like to send a quick shout out to... Uh, a group of listeners who uh, was looking at the analytics, and uh, in the United States of America, 58% of our listeners reside in Boardman, Oregon. Bo- Boardman, Oregon? Yeah, like Boardman gets paid. Well, that's incredible. Yeah. 58% of our listeners of the States are from there. Home of Nike. Home of Phil Knight's uh, it is. Nike factory. If you're listening, Phil, uh, I'm 11 and a half. Air Pegasus. Yeah, well... I don't know. I got uh, some 14s. I can use some 14s. Phil, what do you say, bud? Oh, on that note, did you see that uh, somebody, it was a Canadian investor uh, at a shoe auction, purchased the Moon Shoes, I believe they're called. They were like one of the first Nike running shoes. They had like the waffle iron sole and everything. Okay. For $430,000. You're kidding. Nope. Brand new? Worn? Uh, what? I believe they're worn. The picture looked like they were worn. I don't know if it was the actual picture of the shoe. Four hundred grand for Nike's original moon shoes. Correct. Huh? Someone had money uh, to burn. You know, Amazon rainforests are burning. This guy wanted some uh, some moon shoes. Moon shoes. Anyway, uh, um, good on him. Also, big shout out to the uh, G Seven. <laughs> they uh, <laughs> pledged twenty five million dollars to uh, combat the. Uh, fires in ah. the Amazon and uh, Canada apparently is uh, leading the way with 17 million of that 25 million and uh, so yeah the, a I'm, water bomber too isn't it yeah the hey, yeah. to the other G6 <laughs> what do you say guys there's so many opportunities for me to have like queued up G6 and queued up there's a uh, I know, know. Rocky Sin should have been a Michael Jackson song <laughs> anyway <laughs> Listen, man, I catch you off guard. I apologize. But, That's uh, all right. I'm just not ill-prepared. Speaking of catching us off guard, the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee <laughs> Titans. That was a good segue. This could be, and I talk, I mentioned Jacksonville as a team that could benefit the most from Andrew Luck's re, uh, retirement, but I really I really like the Titans. They, didn't, they had a very poor showing uh, against Pittsburgh in their last preseason game, but it was raining. Um, they, preseason means shit. Yeah, it means shit. And I really, their additions are, were substantial. I mean... Look, the last couple of years, Mariota hasn't been able to stay healthy. When he has stayed healthy, they're they're nine and seven, eight and eight. They had a, a big playoff win in Kansas City a couple of years ago. They ended up getting shelled in New England, but you know, I think we uh, have we seen what Mariota is fully. Yes, um, I think so. I think he's shown glimpse of it. I think he's had games where he's shown it. Um, I think he has the ability of being a bit more consistent. This is actually a great segue considering the Oregon fans because he was an Oregon duck. That's right. That's so, right. So uh, the Mariota talk is right up their alley. Um, to this point, Brock, 
Who has had a better career, Jameis Winston or Mariota? I would say Mariota. I'd have to say, too, in a playoff appearance and, uh, you know, a couple of seasons of, like I said, a 500 ball at least. Uh, playoff win. Mariota's balled out when he had when he's needed to. You know what I mean? Like he's shown some grit. He seems like a guy that I would want to block for. Yeah, I would want to play for. Yeah, you know, uh, Winston. I haven't seen that. Now that being said, when we get into the NFC stuff this year, I'm really putting a lot of stock into uh, um, Arians' uh, QB whisperer type skills. Oh my god! And I think that uh, Winston's going to have a great year, but. Um, we're not there yet. I'm so, going to tell you right now, Bruce Arians is the reason Ben Roethlisberger is what he is today. This gunslinger, you know, when he was in Pittsburgh, they ran two tight ends, two receivers, and they still threw the ball a ton. And uh, it was down the field. It was like uh, over, you know, over, uh, back shoulder throws. So if, if Winston can't succeed under Arians... He, I don't know if he's going to be able to succeed, period. But. <clears throat> no, that'll be, uh, that'll be it. Anyway. A telltale sign about Mariota, I think, is that the fact that they signed Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, for a f- couple of years, was a very, very good quarterback in a very tough situation because Miami has no direction. They never really had much of an offensive line during his tenure there. They're always losing twice against the Patriots. But he was a, a good, solid QB for them when he was healthy. Led them to the playoffs a couple of times. And they picked him up. And I think that's going to be a sneaky good pickup because I don't see Mariota staying healthy, although there's, they've got a pretty good offensive line in Tennessee. But, you know, they picked up Ryan Tannehill. I like the fact that they picked up Roger Saffold. They picked up Cameron Wake and a very, very good fantasy guy, I think, in Adam Humphreys. Where was Cameron Wake? Was he not always with, my, with Miami? Uh, Tennessee Titans. Cameron Wake was with Tennessee Titans? He is with the Tennessee Titans now. Oh, okay. You got the picture with the dolphins of Tannehill, so yeah, I'm yeah, thinking yeah. dolphins. I'm like, what? No, I know. This okay, is yeah. A, this is what we call a mind fuck. <laughs> yeah, you just fucked the shit out of my mind. Okay. Um, okay. So, anyways. Yeah, huge uh, pickup then. Cameron and, Wake's awesome. And yeah, look at their losses. You know, they lost Josh Klein off the line. They lost Quentin Spain off the line. You know, they had Blaine Gabbert last year having to step in for Marietta, who was hurt a lot last year. And they lost Brian Arakpo, who's been a little bit of a journeyman since his time in Washington. So really, their losses, they've replaced all their losses with, with upgrades. And uh, their rookies, uh, I don't know much about these guys. Nate Davis is uh, a good-looking young guard. Um, he'll be all right. He'll be all right, you know. Jeff Simmons is the guy. D-tackle? He's a D-tackle out of Mississippi State. Uh, the guy tore his ACL in February. And if he didn't do that, which is right before the draft, if he didn't do that, he was projected as a top five draft pick. Really? And they ended up getting him, like, at the end of the first. He dropped all the way down to 19th. Um, but uh, this kid is going to be a, a steal, I think. As long as his rehab and stuff like that comes back okay, I think he's going to be awesome. Um, the wide receiver for Ole Miss at A.J. Brown uh, in the second is uh, you know, a pick, big eh? body. Yeah. I, th- I like him. Um, and then, uh, actually, I like uh, the safety out of Iowa there, Amani Hooker as well. Uh, so I think That's another hooker in the league? A couple hookers, yeah. That's, okay. uh Already? Uh, there's a joke there about uh, Colgate alumni Eugene Robinson. Okay, no? No, he was caught before the Super Bowl, like, oh, sitting dear. a hooker. Oh, yeah, for, for, oh yeah, 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 for Atlanta. Yeah, Colgate. Great job. Great. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Looking uh, at their, uh, let's look at their offense. Uh, the I biggest like... thing that's going to that's gonna hurt them, sorry, is uh, the suspension for Taylor Lewan. Yeah, he's out the first four games. Can they withstand that? I don't know. He's, I, like, uh, he's one of my favorite linemen. He's a stud. He's, is he not one of the highest paid? 
he's up there. Yeah. He's, yeah. He with, might be. Yeah. With Roger Saffold right next to him, a veteran guy. I thought that was a really good pickup. Jack Conklin on the right side. Ben Jones playing center. You know, that offensive line was good last year. And, and uh, you know, big, big Derrick Henry running behind there. He's one of the, uh, I think he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. Athletically and, like, from the, that one game where he rushed 200 yards oh, or whatever. He's a monster. He is a he, monster. Yeah. We've been waiting for him to explode. Does he continue? Like, does he ride that into this year? I think he does. I don't know if he has. I know it would, uh, contrary to what we've seen, he's got, he's a long strider. He reminds me a little bit of Le'Veon Bell, the way he runs. He doesn't have like, he doesn't look like a burner, but he's kept, he's taken up so much real estate with every stride that he does, he gets to where he wants to get with shorter, with shorter stride, with a longer stride. Sorry. I like the fact they have Dion Lewis as their sort of their, uh, you know, the off speed changeup guy to come in. Yeah. Um, he's a good pickup. So, you know, Delaney Walker for me has always been a, an excellent tight end, certainly receiving. Um, he's an underrated blocker. Uh, I, I just, this team is funny. Like, they could be, uh, Mike Vrabel is one of my favorite coaches, but offensively, they, uh, they just, they, they have the games where they look like they're going to score 30 points, they score 30, and then the next game they just lay an egg. So it's the consistency, I think, in Tennessee over the last few years, and their, and their record shows it, 8-8, eight 9-7, and 7-9. Eight, they're inconsistent within Tennessee, and I think that's the problem. So, you know, I think I like this is the year where we're going to see them really turn a corner, and I think that comes down to the signing of Tannehill, not necessarily because he's going to be on the field, but just the fact that, you know, the way Mariota responded to his signing and the way he's been approaching it seems to be more of a, I'm going to I accept that challenge, and it sort of keeps him focus and pushing so he's going to be challenged which means that his play will uh, will elevate. elevate yeah i couldn't agree more you but know cory davis coming into a sophomore season uh, i believe his sophomore season yes i expect him to make a turn and i think the biggest thing from the passing standpoint is the addition of adam humphreys what a stud i think that's going to be up. the edelman to brady the edelman to uh humphreys, humphreys to yep. mariota I think it's going to be a safe one. I think it's going to be the quick hitters, those ones where um, you don't have a lot of time to get rid of the ball. You need to have uh, timing, and uh, you need to get those six yards. I think yeah. he's the guy that's going to go, and uh, I think he's going to have a big year. Uh, let anyway. me tell you, uh, the, uh, they, again, they were rated were combination of drafting and acquisitions and uh, subtractions, actually. They were ranked with it. They got an A minus from CBS Sports in terms of their offseason uh, production. Okay. So that's pretty good. You know, I think uh, they upgraded where they needed to upgrade. They drafted well. And again, this is this is the year. I think you nailed it. I think this is the year where they, they turn the corner. If not, Mike Vrabel will be on the hot seat. Um, Mariota will be on the hot seat. They've got Tannehill, who's I think he's if he's not entering his prime, he's very close. So this is the year where they do it. And I want to look at their defense really quickly um, because their defense has always been a little underrated. Jarrell Casey, he's, he's up there with Aaron Donald in terms of uh, impact guys when, when he wants to, though. I, I find his, his motor is, uh, is quite, I question his motor sometimes. But, you know, now he's flanked by uh, Cameron Wake, who they're going to play at outside linebacker. I think when he was in Miami, he played on the line, did he not? Yeah, but they just played a different style of defense. Yeah. He's still going to be on the line. He's just going to be in a different... Uh you know, technically labeled a different uh, position, but very good secondary, maybe the best in the NFL with Logan Ryan, Malcolm Butler, Kenny Vaccaro, and Kenny's uh, good. Kenny's good from uh, from New Orleans, I believe. Initially, 
think so. I and, think he uh, for the University of Texas. You know, that's that's a that's a that's a and Adoree Jackson returns punts. You know, they have him. Uh, I can't see him. Well, they're going to play a lot of nickels who can be in the field anyways. But what a great, great secondary. And in today's NFL, you know, your safety has to come up and play a little bit of linebacker. Your linebacker has to drop down and play a little safety. So they've got guys. they got speed. That's a good defense. That's a they really good defense. actually uh, got Humphreys listed as a punt returner above Jackson right now. Interesting. For punt return. I thought Adoree Jackson was, did, did a great job in special teams last year. But. You know what? You want uh, some pretty sure hands back there. Absolutely. And Humphreys fits that bill. So I think we've addressed the fact that they're going to have a great defense with the addition of Cameron Wake and Jarrell Casey, another year older, and uh, that flying around secondary. So uh, with that in mind, why don't we have a look at their schedule? And uh, Brock, I'm going to let you name off the games, and I'll, uh, I'll stay silent. What do you say? Oh, is that, okay. a, is that huh? a cop out? Because I, I didn't say much last time. And, uh, <laughs> I'll just stay silent like a big waste silent. of space. Another <laughs> <laughs> uh, coffee, please. Okay. Dextra Bailey. Okay. Tennessee. Here we go. Tennessee. They were uh, at Cleveland. You know what? I'm taking that as a win. Oof. That's a tough one. Home. Uh, okay. Home to Indianapolis. I'll take that as a win. Yeah. At Jacksonville, I'm taking that as a win. Mm-hmm. At Atlanta, I'll put that as a loss. Uh, home to Buffalo, you know, shit, I'm taking that win. Ah, it's a tough one. I don't want to because I have Buffalo's That's defense. True. At Denver, oh boy, uh, mile high, I'll give it to Denver. I think when it comes to home field advantage, I think Denver is one of those places that really it's just tough to play. Air yeah, thin, so. you know. <clears throat> uh, home to the Chargers. That's a W for me. Uh, Home to Tampa Bay. I'm going to give them a W there. I think I'll take that. I don't know about the Charger game, though. Uh, at Carolina. That's a, Carolina's tough, man. Carolina's I let Ron tough. Rivera is just a friggin' tough guy. I'm going to go. That's a loss for me. Home to KC. No. Yeah, fuck it. They win you know what? One. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think KC comes in. Um, uh, let me see. When's KC's buy here? No, their buy is... Uh, their buys a couple weeks later. Now, I think KC, by this time, they're going to get fatigue, maybe an injury or two. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to give them a W there, too. They're hosting KC, right? You said? Yeah. Yeah, they're hosting their KC. bye week. And then it's a bye week, and then they host Jacksonville. Uh, I like Jacksonville, man. I got to tell you, I like well, Jacksonville. Um, then split it, because I got them winning at home. Okay. Uh, so that's at home to at, Jacksonville. Okay, at Indy. I'm going to give them a W by this time. Indy. At Oakland. I got to give them a W. Yeah. There. Yeah. Uh, home to Houston. Divisional. Uh, I'm going to take a loss in that one. New Orleans at home. No. New Orleans is going to, it's a Super Bowl t- contending team. Yeah. Again, like you said last, though, last week, they could have wrapped. Yeah, like, second last. Yeah. At Houston. So I'll give Losses. them a win at that one. So that's Houston twice in the last three weeks. Five, six, seven. I got them at eight and eight. I got ten. Ten and six. Interesting. That's a good record. For ten and six. Wow. Yeah, t- I had to double check that. Jeez. Okay. We're gonna be Ten happy in Tennessee. gonna be happy in Tennessee, folks. Brock Fleming. Okay. Let's see if I'm right. Okay, let's take a break and uh, we'll get set up for the Houston Texans are next on the uh, docket. Giddy up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, All right, we are back still live beers in hands yes papers in front of us the restaurant's starting to pick up with a little bit more 
traffic. Uh, Sir James Kelly's in the house. In the house. Your all-star, uh, was he left field, right field? Center field. Center, center field. Put there, me in, there's coach. There's your problem. I'm ready to play. You guys have four outfielders in that league? I think so, yeah. yeah one's, okay. a, one's a rover, but if there's a good hitter, we'll play four in the outfield. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, good luck to you. Thanks. Uh, Houston okay. Texans yes. are on the clock. Yes, Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson ran for his life last year. You know, they had, one, had of the, one of the most, the poorest offensive lines in the NFL. Ranked 31 this year. Uh, ranked 31? Yeah. So they did not improve then. New. Yeah, not good. Uh, they added uh, to Sean Gibson, Bradley Roby, so some secondary help. A.J. McCarron, I don't see where he fits. And uh, left tackle Matt Khalil. So they tried to improve a little bit. But, you know, they chose Titus Howard uh, first. And, uh, you know, an offensive tackle. And, yeah. they, you know, there was some criticism about that pick because there were two other guys on the menu uh, that they could have chosen before before him. They allowed a, an NFL high 62 sacks last year. I'm not a mathematician, but divided by 16 games, that's a whole lot of sacks. Yeah. You yeah. know? And uh, I think, you know, a couple of guys were on the board. Uh, Jawan Taylor was on the board. Greg Little. Florida Gator. Yeah, and they chose... Um, Taylor was. Titus Howard at 23. So what's your take on them trying to improve their uh, offensive line, but maybe uh, maybe taking a guy that, that looked like a bit of a reach at that at 23? Matt Khalil, a good step to improving your line. Uh, Titus Howard, I mean... You don't want to say that you got to be from one of the big schools, but playing a career at a Power 5 school goes a long way to show what your pedigree is and how you're going to handle um, real adversity. And again, not to knock, you know, he came from Alabama State, but if it was from the Crimson Tide, that'd be different. And he would also be rated a lot higher. Absolutely. Because you're going against, like, the top players. So it's a reach, and you know, I'm not there. I didn't see the, the workouts. I didn't see the scouting reports uh, from their internal staff on why they liked him. But they took him with the 23rd overall pick. He's going to be getting paid pretty well. Uh, so congrats to you. But uh, I don't know. That's, uh, you know, Jawan Taylor is a Florida Gator. A guy I watched, he dropped. I don't know why he dropped. He tested very well. Um, I think we actually, yeah, he's with Jacksonville, so we'll talk about him after. But, um, yeah, I would have taken him before Howard for sure. Anyway, it is what it is. He's not, you know, it's not like they're starting him. You know, he's still, uh, uh, he's still got to prove his way up. And actually, they have him like fourth left tackle right now on this depth chart I'm looking at. That's not realistic. He's yeah. probably second or third. He might be the seventh or eighth guy kind of thing. But, um yeah, I don't know. It's so, a reach. I guess we'll see who's right or who's wrong later well, on. You know, and protecting a young guy like Watson, he's got, does he got legs? Of course. Can he get around? Uh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, you still got to protect him. They're trying to make him a bit of a pocket passer because that's just the way the NFL, if he wants to survive in the NFL, he's got to be able to throw from the pocket. Look at Mahomes. You know, Mahomes plays behind one of the, one of the best lines, and he, you know, I don't think he sniffed an injury last year. The NFL is a pass first league in terms of quarterbacks, it has to be. I don't think it has to be, to be honest. I mean, I'm using, like, Tim Tebow and stuff as an argument. Like, it doesn't have to be, but that's the way it is, and that's why guys like Deshaun Watson still have good arms, you know, but they're 
they transition into more of a pocket passer. And, uh, you know, if you don't want them to run, then get guys that can block for that's them. That's it. And you know, I'm not sure if that's... Watson, I think Watson still has a lot to prove. He came out gangbusters his first year, then he got hurt, like which was really a terrible injury at a time of year where he was just he was rolling. But uh, last year was a letdown year for the Texans. You know, they lost uh, Teron Matthew, who I really like. I know he had some injuries, but, you know, the Honey Badger. Yeah. Lo- love his yeah. name. Uh, Kareem Jackson, uh, you know, a, a top 10 cornerback in the NFL. Um, Demarius Thomas, I thought, was a good fit beside arguably the best receiver in the NFL, according to Madden. Yep. Um, I, I, you know, and I, I haven't seen, we don't see a lot of Houston where I, where I live, okay? They don't play Houston Texans games on TV very much. Unless you've got DAZN or the NFL package, you don't, I don't see Houston very much. They're not on primetime very often. Um, you know, usually if they are, the focus is on J.J. Watt and that defense, which we'll get to in a minute. But I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver. If he is, you know, is Watson uh, the right quarterback for him? You know, I, I don't know. This offense is just no identity now that they've lost Lamar Miller. You know, there's uh, rumors that they had signed Jay Ajayi. Those are untrue. He's unsigned still. Right. Um, just want to make that uh, note. They did trade for Duke Johnson Jr. from the Cleveland Browns. Who I think is a great pickup for Yeah, him. you like him? Honestly, I think, uh, I think he was underutilized in Cleveland. <clears throat> I think he, he brings a lot of... Um, a lot of pep to his, uh, no pun intended, to his <laughs> his play. He can catch the ball. He's kind of an every down back, in my opinion. Um, so I think this renewed uh, opportunity for him is going to prove out to be very well. And, you know, I'd be surprised if they, I mean, well, I wouldn't be surprised if they pick up a Jay because he's available. Uh, there is talk about, you know, people have talked about the Chargers trading Melvin Gordon to the Texans at one point, that that would solve a lot of their problems. Um both for both teams, uh, I don't see that happening. No, but I me, think I think Duke is going to do going to do pretty well. I think Deshaun Watson is going to have a better season. Um, his receiving core, if they stay healthy, I think is going to be very good. Will Fuller, Will Fuller, and Kiki Kuti. I think he's Kiki's, an athlete. I think Kiki is going to be the the guy who benefits the most from the fact that uh, Hopkins and if Fuller stays healthy. I think he's going to get. Uh, a ton of action, and yeah. he's gonna he's gonna really explode. He's an athlete. I, the the limited the small sample size I've seen from Kiki Kuti is uh, he's a super athlete, yeah. and uh, you know he, he reminds me a little bit of, um, geez, the names again the name slips my mind, but a very athletic guy played for the Bengals for a couple of years. Um, anyway, get himself open, and he'll be a good complement to DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he's a, he's bigger than DeAndre Hopkins, actually, but a lot more muscle. So I, li- I really like Kiki Kute's potential in this offense. Um, I don't know if... The NFL's always been about your defensive and offensive line. And we know what their defense can do. Their defense Football has been, in general is about that. Just to, Yeah, their defense has been a top five defense for a long time. They, they can bring some pressure. But their offensive line, it, uh, if they're not good, it doesn't matter who's playing receiver. It's it true. doesn't matter who's playing in the backfield. They're going to run for their life. Everything's going to be disrupted right at the snap of the ball. I don't know much about their 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 um, center, Nick Martin. Can you tell me anything about Nick Martin or Zach Fulton or Seantral Henderson or Seneo Kelemete? Who are these guys? Matt Khalil is really the only known entity. Is he Ryan? Any relation to Ryan Khalil? 
Mm, I don't think so. Mm. Okay, so um, any of those guys other than Matt Kittle, can you name? Can you? Is there? Well, is Henderson there, came from Buffalo, and uh, their O line and stuff was pretty decent. I like the way Buffalo develops their O line. Um, you know, they're obviously dependent on a lot of run because their quarterbacks have been shit in the last little while. Uh, but I think he's coming, and he'll kind of bookend uh, with the right tackle with Khalil, and that alone, you can kind of hide some of the issues from an O-line standpoint, interior, and just kind of clog it up as best you can. And if you have some back help inside, that's great. If your tackles can kind of hold the water. And I think that's where we're going to see whether or not the Texans sort of take that step. But Watson can move. And a a quarterback who's mobile is the uh, best way to hide a shitty offensive line. Yeah, and I think that's where Watson really shows uh, his value to this offense is that he's able to get around and uh, he's able to scramble out of pressure. But, I mean, that only only works for a while before, you know, know, he can extend plays. um, But, boy, it puts a lot of pressure uh, on the receivers to, you know, get open and... Uh, come back that's, to the ball. and That's the one. Uh, maybe coming back to the ball, but these three guys, Fuller, Cootie, and Hopkins, are not going to have a problem finding open space. Mohamed Sanu was the guy I was thinking of that played for the Bengals that reminded me of Cootie. Oh. A big, strong guy. Um, and now he's in Atlanta. Now he's in Atlanta as a he's number a two. dude, actually. As a number two. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he well, takes a lot of... years now, but yeah. Yeah, he takes a lot of pressure off of uh, Julio Jones. But anyway... Um, and what happened last year? Calvin Ridley started to get his opportunities and that's got something to do with Sanu I think Sanu actually was hurt for a little bit too yeah but um he's a nice he's a nice receiver anyway anyway. Kute reminds me of him so I think when we look at Houston again it's one of those I've every team we've covered so far in the AFC West in the AFC East and aside from the Patriots and now in the AFC South None of these teams can can suffer a, uh, an injury to their key spots. None of them. None of them. If Hopkins goes down, they're done. If Watson goes down, they are done. I guess the one, like, like um, the Titans. If uh, Mariota goes down, That's, I think yes, yes, you that see, that would be the one spot. A little where, bit of depth, and we, you know, it's a little bit of depth. Like, realistically, it's probably as we go through it. I mean, I haven't analyzed the NFL to this extent in my life. And I think that as we go, I think we're just going to find that it's a very common theme because the rosters are, um, are not 100 players like they are in college. Yeah, they're that's whatever right. Whatever they are, 53, 53 or man whatever. roster, yeah. So, you know, they're going to be, your front line is going to be where your bread and butter is. Yeah. And, you know, although we all know that the backups and the uh, the depth is going to come into play, uh, it's just I think it's built around that. There's no real farm system. There's no real, uh, you know, the practice lists uh, yeah. are are sparse. So yeah. I yeah. think this is just going to be a theme of the NFL that we maybe just hadn't seen before because we weren't really diving into it. Yeah, that's true. And I, you know, I, when I think about my depth chart experience, it's always been on Madden. <laughs> when I, download new rosters and seeing who's who the depth are or i you can you can uh auto play or the uh preseason which i'll never play preseason in madden Fuck. right just get rid of the preseason get rid of NFL. Oh, so you're killing get us man two games do a couple organized practices with people have one or two yes. preseason games and then let's go let's go um 
Whatever. Well, we but, haven't talked about their defense. Do they have a defense? You know what? I think they're okay. I think they're the, pretty the good. Defense is pretty decent. Uh, there's a huge asterisk beside Jadavian Clowney. There's been trade rumors to virtually every team, really, including the Steelers. The Steelers actually entertain the idea of bringing in Clowney because Bud Dupree's on his last uh, his last year of his contract. Um, you know, they've dra- Steelers have drafted really well uh, outside linebacker, but Jadavian Clowney would fit. You know, uh, Whitney Merciless, like uh, Bernardrick McKinney. Zach Cunningham, these guys can absolutely get to the ball, and they can cover that linebacker. It's, it's, it's got to be one of the best linebacking cores in the NFL in terms of today's NFL and having to be able to, like, drop back and, and guard an Adam Humphreys, you know, twice a year. These guys can get at it. Mm. And, uh, you know, we haven't even mentioned J.J. Watt. He looks healthy. D.J. Reader's a, a, a very good nose tackle, and Angelo ja- uh, Blackson, sorry, is the uh, other defensive end uh, outside of Watt. And they drafted that kid out of Texas too, Charles uh, Omenihu. Yes. Omenihu. Yes. Omenihu. I'm just Omenihu. Omenihu. Omenihu in the fifth round. Yeah. Um, he's going to be pushing some time. And if they get rid of Clowney or trade him, uh, we'll see a bit more. Uh, bit more of him, I think. I'm all about the names. I, I'm fascinated by people's names. And there's a guy who's on third on their depth chart at the outside linebacker named, I think it's Jamel is how you'd pronounce it, his first name. Last name's President. Is he on your depth chart? Jamel President. Jamel President. What's he, what do you have, Mask? As He's a third stringer uh, inside line, uh, outside linebacker. Oh, yeah. I got him as a Sam. That's what right. A, what a great name. Jamel, Jamel. President. Um, looking at their secondary, Gimel, yeah. yes, they lost to Ron Matthew, uh, but they did pick up Tashawn Gibson, who I really like. Justin Reed is already there, the incumbent. Uh, Bradley Roby, Bradley they picked Roby. up. Yeah. Uh, they got Body Calhoun as uh, their nickelback, and Jonathan Joseph, who's uh, one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL. So their defense is going to be what it, what it is. It's, Xavier it's, uh, Crawford, Xavier cornerback Crawford. from Michigan, picked up in the sixth round. Good pickup. Uh, very good. Yeah. Um, especially at that time of the draft. That's very good. For a sixth round. You know, Bill O'Brien, I got to give Bill O'Brien some credit. Last year, the Texans started, I think they started 0-4, and there was, you know, they were calling for his head, and they, you know, and he turned their season around. I think they made the playoffs last year, did they not? Yes. I, you know, he turned that season around, and uh, uh, he's he's one of the under, underrated coaches. He's very ornery. Uh, I find him grumpy. He's not the best soundbite, um, but that's okay. You know, he does the job, and he's got a, a, a top-five defense in the NFL and uh, again, it's, for me, it's going to be all about their offensive line and whether or not they can protect Watson, run yeah. the ball effectively to take a little pressure off Watson. Can Duke Johnson run the ball? So it, it's going to start with those five guys. I think they're going to be fine. Lamar Miller was good. Lamar Miller wasn't their offense. And uh, the other one, too, for on defense was that Lonnie Johnson. Lonnie uh, Johnson. Johnson Jr., I think, even. But he was a corner out of Kentucky. And uh, what draft was he? Second round. But uh, that's a very you know, 80s name. Yeah, they're loading up future defensive guys, too. So, you know, you can see they, they have something good and they're just trying to retool. You know, I got to tell you, with, uh, with J.J. Watt, we, don't, we didn't talk much about him, actually. You know, he's still, he's still a, a top defensive end in the, in the league. But I've seen clips of him and Gronkowski. And the two remind me of each other because they're so big. A lot of muscle on those guys. But they've also suffered debilitating lower back injuries and through their rehab could barely walk. Like they, 
there's images of both of them in rehab with a walker after back surgery, which is normal if you have back surgery. I mean, uh, this is by no means. But, you know, he's torn his bicep. He's torn his tricep on the same arm. I think he's torn biceps on both arms. Those are lasting injuries that will affect his quality of life after ball. And, like, you know, certainly how we started the segment talking about injuries and football and, uh, you know, the the effects of the game and uh, but he um, for all, by all accounts is healthy and when he is healthy he's got to be one of the top five rushers in the NFL oh hands down I mean I think people would argue he's top three somewhere you know you talk about that and that's uh, you know for a different episode but where we really talk about guys I think moving forward are really going to put an emphasis on when do I leave the game yeah you know, it's yeah. no longer I get forced out because I can't keep up. Yeah. It's going to be for my health, for longevity, for finances, for whatever. When do I leave the game? It's a great point. And, uh, again, I think that's a, that's a huge discussion to have. And uh, maybe one we can get a couple of guests on who have gone through it. Um, and I think probably left, I think, a little premature, yeah. uh, healthy. But, um, anyway, I'll uh, see if I can get them on the line. It's a great point, though. When, when do I leave the game? That's... I think that that question now is, you know, players are taking a little bit more accountability for their their lives, really. And uh, whereas, you know, before the game would dictate when you left, you know, have you lost a step? No one would sign you. And you just in the NFL, there's really no it's not like the uh, NBA where a guy like Jeremy Lin can sign with a team in China today. Um, you know, Did he? yeah, he's yeah. there's uh, there are options for NBA players. There's even options for baseball players, independent leagues, uh, you know, play in Cuba, play like there's options in other sports. Hockey, go to the KHL. Oh, you can you make know? a living in Europe doing it. I know a bunch of guys yeah. who've done it. But what about the NFL the, in there football? Isn't. What it, what's left? There's no farm system. There's no XFL. Like, Is that an option now? Is that a viable option for I tier two? To take the take the field. So, you know. Is the AAF mm-hmm. that was as yeah. much of an option as the XFL at this point? Yes. Um, anyway, yeah. That yeah. being said, it's it's no longer the game will tell you when to get out. Yeah. It's you have that decision. And with the amount of money that these guys are getting paid now, um, you know, finances are not the end all be all. They have yeah. they have the financial means to say I'm going to take a take a take a leave. All right, so we're going to go over the schedule. Let's do it. And then we can uh, wrap up with the old Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, Curtis Fleming's in the house. Okay. Whoop, whoop. All right. Um, <coughs> Texans, let me see. Tennis. Houston. Uh, Houston, there we go. So who's, uh, you want me to read it so you can just sit there like a bump on a log and do nothing? I'll, I'll read it Okay, perfect. I'll do that. <laughs> uh, oh, dear. Tough start at New White, Orleans. Uh, loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know what? I don't know. New Orleans always starts with the first game is like a, a shootout. Ah, that might be my is one. Houston is Houston set up for a shootout? I, well, I don't know. I mean, they can catch All it. Right, catch whatever it. you want. Everyone's Go healthy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You know what? That's my. That's the one upset of the year for me for Houston is going to be right, right week one. I'm going to give them a W. All downhill uh, from here. All well, right. They host Jacksonville after. I, I think that's a letdown game. I think Jacksonville comes in and runs the ball on them. That's a loss. I think Jacksonville, they beat Jacksonville because they get smoked by New Orleans. Okay. <laughs> at, uh, at the Chargers. A loss. Uh, host Carolina. Loss. Carolina is one of those tough teams to predict. Uh, host Atlanta. It's true, actually. It's home. Home uh, to Carolina. 
Yeah, you know what? I'm going to give him a win on that one. At uh, Atlanta, or sorry, home to Atlanta. I think Atlanta beats him on that one. I think I think Matt Ryan struggles with loud buildings that aren't his. I'm going to give that uh, a W to Houston there. Uh, at KC, oof, tough one. Loss. At Indy, I give him a W there. Yep. They host Oakland, W. Yep. They host Jacksonville. I think... I think they lose that one. Uh, they can't host Jacksonville twice. I have them week two. They host Jacksonville. You see, are you seeing the same thing I'm seeing? I am seeing the same thing. So where's the Jacksonville line then? Okay, let's let's assume let's assume that that's. Um, so it's at Jacksonville. It's at one. Jacksonville. I'm gonna give them a loss there. Okay, at. I think actually, okay. I think Jacksonville beats them twice this year. Then they're bye week. They're at Baltimore. Oof, Oof. that's a tough one. Baltimore struggles with uh, with uh, QBs that can run. Baker Baker Mayfield gave them a hard time last year towards the end. Of the year. I'm going to give a W for Houston there. Yeah, I don't think uh, they put enough points up to beat. Uh, host Indy win. Give him a W. Uh, host New England. Oh, Whoa. I can't. I can't. You this know is exactly what? why I printed this off because I can't say they beat Indy because I've already taken Houston to beat Indy that week. Yeah. So that's why I can't do it. That's why I have this one. All right, so I'm, I can't. I'm giving them a W against New England. At home, New England? Yeah. I like it. I think they're beat Denver. Uh, I say win. Uh, they're at Tennessee. That might be a loss. Loss. Uh, at Tampa Bay. Uh, that's a they tough can't win one. three in a row. I'm going to say they, oh, they can't lose three in a row. Well, no. they can, I guess. I'll say they win Tampa. Tampa beat Tennessee, okay. and uh, they then they they host Tennessee. One, Jeez, two, I got them winning quite a bit. Five, six, two, seven, eight. One. I got a nine. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I have them ten and six. Oof. So they looks like they're going to win the division. I think I think Jackson. Well, it's going to be tough. This is a tough division. Tough division. Anyway. All right, there so you have it, is. folks. I got nine and seven. Pep's got him win the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, I don't think so. We'll be right back. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Is is green record or red? Red's record. Now we're recording. Really? Welcome back. Well, we are back. Mm-hmm. No, I just it's usually red means stop and green means go. It's bizarre. It's uh, interesting setup you got there. Uh, what did you think of our break music this time around? I didn't hear it. I took my earphones off. Was it black and yellow? No. That's uh, that's supposed to be lined up for the end of our AFC North show. Which is going to be tough to sneak in Next today. week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next oh. episode, we're going to cover the rest of the NFL. Um, that's okay. all right. We'll get together earlier than we do uh, yeah. in the week. And then uh, yeah. it's a long weekend. We can get together sometime. Oh, uh, yeah. For sure. Knock that sucker out. Yep. All right, we are on the Jacksonville Jaguars. A very interesting team. Two years removed from the AFC Championship game. Definitely a letdown year last year with Blake Bortles uh, shit in the bed, sort of crashing back to earth. They came into Pittsburgh two years ago and absolutely destroyed the Steelers with a tough running game and Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. big offensive line. You know, they just uh, sucked the life out of the Heinz field. Uh, and, you know, Pittsburgh came back and actually tied it at halftime, but they expended all their energy. You know, the, they, they had the blueprint to beat New England that year, and they were up, I think they were up 10 going into the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm, again, I'm talking two years ago, guys. I'm not <clears> talking about last year. I think that everybody in Jacksonville wants to forget last year. But this is not a team that was 
that needed to rebuild. They just they just shit the bed last year. Well, yeah, I think last year was the biggest surprise because they had done so well and seemed to have turned a corner yeah. two years ago, and then last year just completely imploded. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about addition by subtraction. We're talking Blake Bortles, oh. Nick Foles. Big time, eh? I think that alone yeah. is going to turn this offense into something a lot more entertaining than it's been the last couple of years. Well, a guy, get, guy that can throw, the guy that doesn't have to change his mechanics 50 times, who's had different, like, how many different coaches has Blake Bortles had to try to change the, the mechanics of his, of his throw? So um, you look at uh, Jacksonville, again, the key additions, well, Nick Foles, clearly. They now have a bona fide Super Bowl champion starting quarterback. Um, Chris Conley is an underrated wide receiver. I really like Chris Conley. And uh, Jake Ryan, great linebacker, can cover. Their losses were plenty, though. They, they, I think they flat-out cut Malik Jackson, who they overpaid for, by the way. Um, Dante Moncrief, who's now in Pittsburgh, who's having a great camp and by all accounts is a really, really solid teammate. Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins, he's a, he's a funny one. I, uh, they lost him, by the way. Um, I always liked him. I liked him when he was with the Jets, but he never seems to just stick with the stick with one place. I don't might I don't know if that's a, an issue in the locker room or. No, but he's he's had a lot of destinations for no particular reason for a young, relatively young guy. So losing T.J. Yeldon and Carlos Hyde, um, they've lost a little bit of depth in the backfield, and Telvin Smith is uh, temporarily out. Uh, is he suspended? linebacker I'd have to find out a little bit more on my on my stat sheet here that says he's out temporarily I don't know what that means but um, he's one of their top linebackers so um, they drafted Jawan Taylor the aforementioned yeah. Jawan Taylor so he's not not having to leave he's uh, Taylor's out of Florida he said right that's correct so he doesn't have to leave very very far I think to, that was a steal in draft for them yeah um, although on my depth chart they have him as a backup to uh, Cedric Ogbe Yuhi yeah my pronunciations of names is probably I'm going to go with that atrocious but anyway and another article I was reading they, he's sort of projected the starter so hopefully he is their old line is ranked 21st at this point in time but last year they lost Cam Robinson their left tackle to uh, an injury like week two of the season yeah so he's been out the whole time but he has the upside of being a dominant left tackle and if that's the case then and Jawan Taylor lives up to the way I know he's played in Florida and he's excelled as a right tackle more so than a left tackle. Yeah, I think those two alone will bring that rating up, and I think uh, Foles will be in pretty good hands. Um, you know, the other thing that helps an offensive line is what a great running game and a guy who can hit holes. And if Fournette ever happens to live up to it, the expectations, like when I say expectations, he's done some very good things. Yeah, but. Um, I still don't think he's lived up to where everybody expects him to be. You know, he's a big guy. I think he's he's uh, he takes a beating with his running style. He's very upright when he runs, so he's taken taken a, a little bit a bit of pounding there. But you know, the funny thing with the uh, funny thing with the Jags, they received an F for their free agency production over the offseason, but they received an A for their draft. So a very very. Uh, black and white tale of two stories when it comes to their pre when it comes to their off-season acquisitions. So, well, listen, if you draft well, then you don't need to pick up free agents. I think I think the biggest thing though when it comes to free agency for them was 
I mean, we, we shit on Blake Bortles, but he was their starting QB. And yeah. they, they, Okay, they picked up Nick Foles. Nick Foles, is, they paid him four years, 88 mil with 45 guaranteed for a quarterback who is an upgrade to Blake Bortles. But in my opinion, and that's just my humble opinion, is a bottom-tier starter in the NFL. Do you agree with me? That's a hot take. That's a pep hot take. That's a pep hot take. That's He's a bottom-tier starter. The, the bottom half of the league, he would fall under that category. Why? He's a pocket passer, not very mobile. In uh, Philadelphia, we saw a guy who benefited from a very, very good play calling, a lot of playmakers, and a really, really solid offensive line. Can he reproduce that with D.D. Westbrook and Marquise Lee? I don't know. Chris Conley, like I said, is a good pickup. They, they actually have Terrell Pryor on the, on the roster who hasn't been able to stick with the team, but they, um, you know, as we know, a converted quarterback now playing wide receiver. Mm. You know, uh, Jeff Swaim is a, a, a solid tight end. Nice addition, but, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, we can, if he's going to be able to reproduce that. And if he does, then I'll gladly eat my words. But to pay four years, 88 mil, to bring a guy to hand the ball off t- 20 times, I don't know. Well, this can't be the end game for Jacksonville. It can't be. We signed Nick Foles. Boom. We got to try and win a Super Bowl now. They don't have that. But if they have him for four years and they can start, so they've drafted Taylor. You know, they got Cam back. Maybe they uh, take another interior lineman somewhere and, uh, you know, start to build that up. And Fournette comes back to where he's supposed to be. Maybe they pick up a, um, you know, a receiver off free agent. Uh, free agency somewhere like there's a process there for the gms and it can't happen overnight it's not going to happen overnight so let's see what happens i mean let's for and all due respect Foles is a super bowl mvp okay yeah sure um, yeah, no doubt he's not uh, trent dilfer you know so he's is got, he though? i don't think he is like, like, i've never been overly impressed with nick Foles. he uh, you know last year he had an okay game against uh, against uh, New Orleans in that playoff game that they lost to, lost to them, but he, he's very pedestrian, like very pedestrian. He do, Again, he doesn't scramble. He, he throws a deep ball, deep ball okay, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't see him, I don't see him making these receivers into, into Jerry Rice. I really don't see him. I don't see it happening, and I we've, we've seen Nick Foles have his opportunity to start with the uh, St. Louis, at the time, St. Louis Rams, and uh, it didn't work. And they had, they had talent there as well. It didn't work. You know, all the things you're saying, I could picture you saying the exact same things about Tom Brady if Tom Brady was not with the Patriots. You know what I mean? System guy. Uh, I say, okay, he throws a deep ball. Is he, like, phenomenal? Does he have, like, a, 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 a real rocket? He's thrown the deep ball well in history. Because he's also been thrown to, like, Randy Moss and those kind of guys. Sure. You know, I think Nick Foles would go into a, a role like Tom Brady and be just as good. That's my feeling. I don't think he's as bad as you think. Does he bring I, a lot of flash and a lot of pizzazz and a lot of whatever? No. But for a guy to – he seems fairly smart. He picks up the offense. He makes decent reads. He doesn't cost his team possessions as much. Uh, I think he's exactly what Jacksonville needs. Jacksonville, of all teams, their defense is their strong suit, much like the Texans. So from a defensive standpoint, 
all you want from a quarterback is don't lose us the game. Yeah, no, I, and I get it. And, you know, like, he is going to turn the, turn and hand the ball off to Leonard Fournette. They're going to do a little play action with that. They've got Thomas Rawls uh, in camp, Alfred Blue, who I really like, who I really th- – I thought – I'm not sure why the Texans didn't hang on to him, but he's a, he's a good, solid um, – guy to come off the bench and take uh, take some snaps and take some hands young kid but. armstead from temple yeah yeah for sure. 220 that just should that should help Foles for sure no doubt i just thought they overpaid is all uh, i again i don't think he's he's slightly above pedestrian i, I do think he's bottom tier in the nfl but i don't I, was it four years 88 40 four years 88 is a lot for a, 22 for a million for a quarterback 45 guaranteed is not know. that much I guess. I guess. In today's day and age, it's not that much. I guess. No, I guess. And, I, you know. Like J.J. Watt's making, what, 100 over, what, five? Something like that. Yeah. You know, guys are guys are making big Aaron Donald's over 100 for, like, five. So he's averaging more. Like, And the quarterback who every single play runs through him on offense makes less than those guys. So I, it's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. I'm dreading the $20 bill we just got for our beers. <laughs> but I don't think it's an overpay for a Super Bowl MVP well. quarterback who, no, he doesn't have the the tremendous upside as some of the other guys have, but I think he's going to be just fine for what Jacksonville is looking for. Um, and if they put the right pieces around him, maybe he brings that winning mentality. I'm I think that's, not, that's something else, too. I mean, Bortles is a, he's a loser. I'm a Nick Foles fan, just just for the record. I'm a Nick Foles fan. I love guys who who uh, play the game right and take responsibility, give credit where credit's due to not only himself but also his teammates when they make great plays. That Super Bowl, watching Philly win that Super Bowl with Nick Foles was uh, awesome. It was like Jeff Hostetler when they won the uh, the Super Bowl with uh, with the Giants. Like I I love an underdog story. You know who yeah. else loved that? The Jacksonville Jaguars owner. Yeah. Right. Look, uh, look I, it's going to be play calling. Doug Marone, still, still their head coach. Uh, old Syracuse coach. Old eh? Syracuse coach. I, you know, I, look, I like them in this division. Do I like them in the grand scheme? I don't know if they have enough talent to uh, to play with the big boys, but w- we're going to see. You know, and it, the offensive line is nice. It's a nice offensive line. It's big. Cam it's Robinson's going to maul there. guys off, yep. off that off that left side and. You know, Fournette is a real beast when he's healthy and his mind is right. He's a monster, man. It does. It takes. It doesn't. You can't tackle that guy with a cornerback. Nope. You know, so it's pretty impressive. And we looking at their quickly look at their defense. Um, Marcel Darius, one of my favorite players, maybe the most underrated player. He's getting a little long in the tooth now for me. Is Calais Campbell? I love that dude. <laughs> he is a monster. He is a monster, and he was in an episode of Ballers, I believe. Uh, Calais Campbell? I believe oh, that's so. That's amazing. That's also an indication that it's uh, getting to the end of his life yeah. span <laughs> from the NFL. Jalen Ramsey's still there. Um, A.J. Boye, had a, I'd say, had a down year last year for what they signed him for. Um, Trey Herndon is uh, their, their nickelback. Um, that's a good secondary. You know, that's a good secondary. Josh uh, Allen. Their first overall pick out yeah, of Kentucky yeah. is going to be a beast. Defensive end. Dude, 6'5", like 265. Um, linebacker, defensive end. He's going to be moved around. You're going to see him quite a bit. Yeah. And uh, the other guy on defense is uh, Quincy Williams, that linebacker out of Murray State. Yeah. 5'11", 225. I think in good size. He's got 111 tackles in 2018, 9.5 for loss, two interceptions, two forced fumbles. 
I think they have them penciled in to start even, uh, if I'm not mistaken, at, uh, at will. So, you know, they've, when you talk about their draft picks being rated pretty high, I think the overall their draft class is pretty good. I think, you know, Miles Jack looking to have a, a sort of a bounce back year and they get a bit of a down year last year. But, you know, when he was drafted, there were comparisons to Khalil Mack with him. Uh, maybe he can live up to that hype. Who knows? But that's a, that's a good defense there. Again, Jacksonville is notorious for having a good defense, a, a lot like uh, the Texans over the last couple of years. So these guys are going to are going to slug it out, I think. Huge shout out to a special defensive player. You know what I'm talking about? I know. Eli Anku, the Ottawa native. Oh, that's Number awesome. 54. Yeah, the nose tackle. Ottawa native, eh? Yeah, man. Where do I have him on my uh, on my depth here? Right there. Eli oh, Anku. Oh, Anku. Okay, yes. Oh, they have him. Okay, yes. That's amazing. Yeah. Eli, we're rooting for you, pal. Yeah, man. He's been on the team for a few years there now. That's awesome. Uh, he started with uh, the Texans, though, I believe. And, uh, you know, with J.J. Watt and those guys. Yeah. Anyway, uh, gets in, does his role, wreaks some havoc. He just recently did a camp in Ottawa, too, for some kids. And, uh, yeah. you know, always comes back, gives back. And uh, so we're all rooting for you, Eli, to do some good things out there. Yes, sir. And I got to say, I'd be remiss if I didn't say we didn't really talk too much about special teams when it comes to returning punts. Uh you know, in the NFL, really, returning punts now has become sort of a, I don't know, that you don't see a lot of punt returns anymore because kickers can kick out of bounds. They're so good at they punting. Kick out of bounds, and get, yeah. They get hang time enough. Right. The, the, the gunners are getting down That's there. Right. And so it's all fair catches, you know. But when we talk about actual kickers, uh, the, NFC, the uh, AFC South has some really good kickers, uh, consistent guys who, can, who don't miss too many extra points. And we've seen a ton now since they moved it back. A ton of extra points missed. It's a big deal. And you play in a in a shitty weather stadium or shitty weather city, I should say. You know, that can make or break some games in, in divisional games. So You know, with that being backed up, I can see that at some point a coach is just going to decide to play the odds and say we're going to go for two every single time. Mike Tomlin? Okay, but a good coach. Yeah, like a, <laughs> oh, ooh. oh. 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 Wait a second. <laughs> Uh, we are going to get to the a- AFC North um, most likely next segment. Yeah. Our plan today was to days. do the South and the North, but... Uh, what is it with us? Do we need a better, like, breakdown of what exactly we want to talk about and how nah, long man. we can talk we, about it? We did it exactly. What we, we go through offense, defense, <sighs> and uh, a little bit about acquisitions and draft, and that's just the way it is, man. It takes us an hour. We got stuff to say. What do you Hopefully do? you guys who are listening understand that we love talking about sports. And that's why we kind of get into these conversations and we don't plan it ahead of what we're talking about and what our points are going to be. And no. then all of a sudden things just roll and it's, uh, you know, it's almost eight o'clock. No, and this, week at, time. this week at work. Okay. I spent more time printing stuff out for this than I did about actual work. Um, if you're listening, uh, anybody at work, I'm going to ask you to keep that to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I work with uh, my brother-in-law, Mike. Yes, I like him. Who's been on our Jays thing. I like uh, him. Scott Endicott. Yes, I like them. Um, so they, uh, I don't have to say anything, but they are well aware of what my uh, <laughs> research and my homework time is. I love that. Anyway. Anyway, well, let's get to the Texans let's schedule. Now, this is your time. And by Texans, he means Jaguars. Uh, my bad. Sorry, Jacksonville Jags. 
Let's find them on the list here. They're right underneath Houston, Indian, Jacksonville. Okay. are all together. Okay. Deep. So that should be, uh, well, some of them are already going to be picked for us. Another first <clears throat> week sleeper. You go ahead and. Uh, uh, yeah. It's not a sleeper. Uh, I think they lose that no, one. I think KC. They, I think KC comes out the gate and loses. I'm not upset with that pick, but I'm yeah. going to say win uh, for KC. Uh, they're at Houston. I'm going to give them a. I have to say a loss because I picked Jacksonville to beat w them. There. I'm going to give them a W. They're 2 0 out the gate. All right. So I got 0 2. They're uh, hosting Tennessee. It's a loss. Did we not do Tennessee today, too, somewhere? Tennessee. Oh, that's a W. No, they're 3 0 at the gate. So they beat. Oh, fuck. They lost again. Uh, okay. So Tennessee at Denver. Loss. Uh, I'm going to give them that's their first win. Uh, at Carolina. I think that's a loss. Yeah. Hey, two 1996 uh, expansion teams. Madden 96 reminded me of that. Because you're still playing Madden I 96. I still have a Sega, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Carolina. I'm going to give them a, dub, a loss there. Uh, hosting New Orleans. That's a loss. At Cincinnati. Sleeper. Sleeper. I think Cincy wins that. Interesting. I don't have Cincy winning many games this year. I think that Cincy wins that. Uh, host the Jets. That's a loss. That's a loss to the Jets. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna take them. I got it. I only you know got one Actually, win so no, far. No, what? No, I got them. Go. I, it's a W there. See, I had high expectations for Jacksonville. I really. Yeah. Uh, this is not going the way I no. thought it was. Uh, okay, so Houston. You know what? I'm gonna give them a W at both. Yeah. So I want to have as a W. They're hosting uh, hosting Houston. They're hosting Houston. Okay. Um, and then it's a bye week, and then they're at Indianapolis. Give them a W there. They're at Tennessee. I think they'll lose that one. That's a that's a, a divisional game. You know, in week 12, I think it's a loss. I got them winning that one. Uh, they are hosting Tampa Bay. Ah, Battle of Florida. The weather won't be a problem there. That's a tough one. Host Tampa Bay, give them a W. You know what? I think I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. I think the defense comes to play. Yeah. And if uh, Rams can take away that deep ball with uh, Tampa. That's right. Uh, they host the Chargers on week 14. W. I'll give them that. Uh, at Oakland. W. I'll give them that. At Atlanta. Loss. I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not sold on Atlanta. It's just that team is just so... Ah. Ah. And then they host Indianapolis. That's a W. So I have 8 and 8, and they're going 0 and 4 to start the season. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. I have them 11 and 5. Okay, well, you're wrong. And that's a loss. That's with Atlanta. That's a loss to Atlanta. I'm going to give them that loss. I'm going to give Atlanta that team. 11 and 5. That's interesting. So I have Jacksonville winning the division with Houston coming in second, Tennessee at 8 and 8, and then Indianapolis uh, falling, falling back. I got Tennessee 10 and 6. Houston nine and seven, Jacksonville eight and eight, Indy three and thirteen. Wow, I can't believe I can't believe how far Indy is projected to fall. Because honestly, I would have had Indy when being twelve and four. You know, maybe maybe sweeping this division with a with a pedigree with the pedigree that Andrew Luck brought. That's a it's a devastating retirement. I wish the man well. 
but this is going to really hurt Indianapolis this year. I mean, that's a, and again, we don't know who, what they're going to do. Maybe they make a trade for, for, I don't know, a Tannehill or not that he's on the block, but like maybe they go out and get a backup who's looking for a place to play. I don't know. I don't know either. That could change this whole dynamic if they do. But uh, that is a good segue into our ending song. This goes out to the Indianapolis Colts fans. And, uh, you know, wish you guys the best. It's going to be a tough season. So, yeah. Uh, Please don't go. Please don't go. Please don't go. Please don't go. head bobbing at a place that can't hear what we're listening to. If you're still listening, that is the episode. (laughs) That's the AFC South, friends. That is the AFC South. Uh, Shout out to Curtis McCausland, a guy I used to play football with, saw him this week and uh, gave us very good compliments on our show. Loved it. Awesome. Actually listened to the two and a half hour episode that we did. Wow. I said, oh, man, it's, it's long. He's like, ah, fuck, I got a 40-minute ride to work. Pause hey. it. Got a 40-minute ride back. Kill it. No problem. Well, thank you. Thank you, sir, for listening in. And I uh, I hope we make sense. You know, I think Brock and I have an, enough of a sports background, certainly Brock in football and me in basketball, to uh, provide you with, you know, some, some relevant information. I can't wait. Uh, I want to do the second episode. I got that sound bite from OJ for his fantasy. We got to get into that next <laughs> Can we not time. just I'll play that now? No, because that'll open with, a lot uh, of discussions. Uh, okay, a, lot well, of, we, a lot of slasher jokes. Well, I'll t- <laughs> Perfect. All right. You got a game to get ready for. Yeah, man. Let's beat it. Thanks for Peace listening, out. everybody. Until next time. <laughs>